You're listening to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Okay, I'm back with the last film I saw at TIFF. Um, this also was a movie I saw without Willie. Um, sounds like the uh, name of a touching, heart-rending movie without Willie. Um, me and my wife went to see this. Um, it was the last day of the festival, and I believe one of the last movies shown. They had already voted on everything, and uh, everything had already won its prizes and whatnot. So it was around 8 on Sunday. We went to see a Russian film called My Joy. Um, it's one my wife had suggested. Uh, there was a, we before we picked it, we didn't know, but Film Comment wrote a really interesting article on it. It's sort of a controversial movie. It was at Cannes, and it a uh, lot of lot of Russians believe because it was made partially with German money and partially with. Um, I think European money. I don't think American, even though they blame the West. Um, they they essentially think it's a uh, it's a piece made by Westerners to make Russia look bad. So there there was a lot of controversy around that. And uh, yeah, anyone watching this would know it's not made by the Russian tourist board. It's it's makes Russia seem like a pretty pretty harsh place. I, th I think I mentioned on the last one that this plot synopsis, which they haven't uh, changed on IMDb, um, gives a lot away. I, I wrote an angry letter. Dear sirs! Um, but unfortunately, they still left it up. So if you want to see this film, don't go to IMDb and read the plot synopsis. I'll read the safe part. Um, My Joy is the story about a few days in the life of a truck driver, Georgie, which seems to be a never-ending nightmare, a spiral of violence and abuses of power. A man goes to work and goes to work, and on his way, he is sucked into the everyday madness of his country. And from that point on, it kind of starts giving stuff away until it just says verbatim what the ending is. Um, the movie started with the uh, a close-up of something that it was uh, like a muck that was being <laughs> spun around, which turned out to be a cement mixer. Which was really uh, a really great opening image. Um, then there's a sort of brutal scene. It shows a body in uh, you can't really see who it is um, in a drainage pipe that just gets dragged and all in one shot, close up following the body. It gets dragged and dumped in a in a hole and covered with cement. And uh, then a bulldozer comes by and buries it. And then we. Uh, go either in the future, in the past, it never explains it, to Georgie, um, the truck driver, who uh, he's leaving for a job, and he has either his wife or a woman at home who doesn't seem very happy. He he leaves some money under the fridge. They I, There's no communication with them. They don't say bye. They don't uh, hug. They don't kiss. He just sort of packs his lunch, leaves some money, and uh, heads out the door. Um, once the trucker hits a road, there's this 
amazing sequence where he's pulled over. And I should mention, and I should look up the name of this cinematographer. I probably won't be able to pronounce it, so I won't bother looking it up. Um, it's the same guy who did uh, Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days, which I haven't seen, but I've, I've heard it's pretty fantastic. He does the cinematography on this, and it is outstanding. Uh, a lot of the shots run long. It's not a fastly paced film by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, there's this scene where he sort of first gets on the road and uh, they have these sort of police on the side of the road that pull truckers and people over. And uh, he gets pulled over and it's uh, a very interesting shot. It just stays in one shot where on the left side of the screen, it's him being uh, questioned by a policeman, asked for his documents and stuff. And on the right, you see through his windshield at another policeman pulling over a woman in white pants, sort of a good-looking woman, and making eyes at his buddy. And the uh, truck driver, like, very, very sexually sort of, not provocative, but obviously insinuating, like, oh, look at her, and uh, making her go into her trunk so she can bend over and show her butt in the white pants. And uh, that's might be the first moment of the abuse of power in this film. It's something they keep revisiting. Um, another film I saw a while ago, which I, I did enjoy better, and definitely uh, I, w I would seek that one out. It's called Cargo 200, which is about a policeman who, uh, a police captain, who goes insane. And as he's going insane and doing more more and more strange things and awful things, his subordinates don't question it for a second, and they help him in his madness. Um, they help him commit crimes. They help him hurt people. So I, I don't know much about Russia. Um, I'm not that well-read on it, uh, well-read at all on it. But from what I, the movies I've seen, it seems this abuse of power keeps coming up. Um, and I don't know if it's a holdover from the communism days or, uh, what have you, but yes, once again, and there's lots of, lots of moments of people abusing their power. They have a little bit of power and, uh, there's even a section, I won't mention where it is, where you have someone who in a normal Western society, I shouldn't say Western's normal, but in a, in a society you have sort of the, uh, you have the positions. Okay, this is my boss. I treat him with a bit more respect than I treat an underling. And my boss has a boss and he treats a boss with more respect than he treats me. And up the ladder. And this is a scene of, and I think I read this in film comments, so it's not my, <laughs> I, but it, it makes a lot of sense where strength means a lot more than position. And it's whoever has the upper hand um, in this film is the one in power. You may be a police chief, and but if you're outnumbered by policemen, you're the one who's not in power. And I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, so Georgie, uh, the truck driver, pulls away. And then he has a very taxi driver moment. There's a uh, traffic jam. And he pulls over to the side of the road and uh, is treated very rudely by another truck driver blasting Russian rap music. And uh, a, a underage prostitute approaches him. And 
in a taxi driver type way where she even kind of reminded me of Jodie Foster. Um, he treats her to a, uh, treats her to the way, like to a coffee, to some sandwiches and nobly drives her home and gives her money to feed her mother. Um, how this scene's handled is brilliantly, maybe, maybe a little, little unrealistic, but for the most part, I think it was handled quite real. Anyone who would go into this life, whether it be, you know, by choice or they're forced into it. I don't think these can be considered weak women. Um, you, you granted, I, you know, prostitutes aren't, yes, I respect prostitutes an awful lot. They're, they're the strongest women in our society. Um, but you know, they're not weaklings. And, uh, this woman, how she treats his, you know, sort of patting himself on the back nobility and, uh, stuff is, is very, inter not interesting. It's very, uh, I think very real. Um, from there we go into a village where the camera takes Georgie's POV as he goes through a crowd of people. And this is the part where uh, the tourist board might say, the Russian tourist board might say, God, could you not have thrown like one normal looking person in this whole crowd? And a lot of the people who this camera crosses, and it's a brilliant scene that, or a brilliant shot that's done uh, through all these people. And there's even one person who, uh, as the camera passes him, looks very confrontational towards the camera. Um, which, you being in the camera's shoes, it makes you realize just how uncomfortable it is uh, for this character. I, I should have mentioned as well that as when he, Georgie, pulls over to a gas station to get gas and an old man just gets in his truck and starts telling him a story. And we cut to this story of uh, when this old man was a soldier and why he has to now live without a name or without a home. He has to... Uh, Essentially, he lost that all because of something he did in the army. And once again, it was him um, stepping out of... Uh, he was treated wrongly, and he went to a very, very big extreme to correct that. Um, so, And this movie is filled with little asides to the point where I got confused at one scene, um, which I'll get to later, because... Uh, it goes to an aside to a character, and it comes back to another, and you think, like, oh, this must be the character, and it's not. Um, so, yes, that's the cinematography in every scene is fantastic, but I especially love when it's going through the crowd of people. So, Georgie pulls over to take a nap uh, since he's been uh, misled, not misled, but uh, sent out of his way by the traffic jam and by driving this uh, underage prostitute home. So he pulls over and he gets robbed. And I really shouldn't say, or there's a robbery attempt that turns into him getting robbed. And the less I say about this, the better. This is where the movie takes a definitive turn. Um, something happens and it, it, the characters that rob him, it's sort of two ruffians and a mute. And they mention in passing that uh, the mute's father died and he's never talked since. Then a bunch of stuff happens with uh, them and Georgie. And we cut to many, many years earlier when a big event happens. Georgie gets knocked out when he's robbed. So then we cut to the daytime and it takes a minute to realize, oh, we're, we're many, many years in the past when the war's still on. And it shows a boy and his father and, uh, and two soldiers show up to 
to be fed and be given a uh, warm bed and bath and stuff, and something happens at the end of this story, and you realize it's a mute story. So then we go back to the present to a mute, <laughs> a bearded mute walking through the town and having a rough time. And it took me a while to realize that this, we haven't cut back to the mute. He's a bearded, rough looking man. Um, I'll spoil this for you so you don't get as confused as I did. Um, it's Georgie. It's a truck driver. He apparently got brain damage when he got hit and, uh, he's now wandering around like the mute. So it took me a while because I think it's even mentioned in the film comment article, everyone does look the same in this. And uh, my wife who'd read the film comment article, did I say film comment or film threat? Film threat ain't around anymore. So film comment article um, where it mentions about this sort of big thing. And it, it helps to know that. So I hope hopefully aren't, I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, just the bearded man is Georgie. Um, I went like 10, maybe even 15 minutes thinking I was still watching the mute story. As I said, the film is constantly filled with asides where characters tell stories. You see the history of a house, which I thought was pretty fantastic, where um, just before we cut to a house, we find out its history, which also coincides with the character who, I must say, the reason I also got confused about the mute is I don't believe we ever see him on screen. We only see him on screen as a child, which is, you know, he's a highway robber, but to see him only as a child and sort of the heartbreak he went through, I think, worked really, really well. Um, the corruption of officials and the people you're supposed to rely on, and uh, it continues throughout this whole movie. Um, anyone who, in a... In a society that's working right, I guess, um, should be able to go to someone. It, this makes Russia to be to a place where it's every man for himself, where people are getting beat up for no reason, people are getting effed over. I guess this is an explicit com uh, podcast. Fucked over um, for no reason. Uh, people are constantly being taken advantage of. There's references to the war. There's uh, it seem seemingly everyone's antisocial in this movie to the point where um, <laughs> there's soldiers carrying around the the body of uh, one of their fallen comrades, I guess, or maybe there were policemen carrying around a body trying to find uh, no one will sign off on this body, and it's driving them the one crazy. And uh, yeah, they act not like you'd want someone in power to act. So it's very it's very downbeat through the whole movie. And I liked uh, another thing the film comment article mentioned um, is that Georgie is an atypical Russian. Um, he refuses sex from an underage prostitute. I read this. I'm just saying what I read. Um, he refuses vodka. He uh, he doesn't wait around for the police. He, uh, you know, as a police are flirting with this girl, he just drives away because he can't be bothered to wait for them. And, uh, yeah, he's the one who, much like the mute, sort of loses the inability to communicate. Um, so that's that's really... I, I thought that was... Uh, especially, I, it's not anything I put together in my head since I don't really know that much about Russian... Uh, Russian society but that that was very interesting and georgie was a very likable man before uh the robbery um 
I found the truck driver's arc. It's weird. These are the two films I went and saw with my wife. Um, that is very similar to the protagonist's arc in uh, Coldfish. I thought they sort of had a had a very similar uh, arc, and I thought, uh, how many more times can I say that? And I thought it was very interesting because they both represent different things from, and they're both very critical on the societies that they come from. So it was nice. It was interesting to see sort of the same character arc with uh, two different countries, both criticizing the same country. I thought they made made nice companion pieces. There's a scene at the end which almost sums up the film perfectly, where another truck driver is introduced, and he talks about meddling for up to three to five minutes, meddling in someone's life while mentioning how he shouldn't meddle. And he talks about how life would be easier if people didn't meddle, if people uh, just, you know, live their own life the way they're supposed to, and... Uh, and didn't meddle with everything, didn't feel the need to stick their nose in other people's business. Oh, I believe this, so you should believe this too, sort of thing. Um, I believe in God, you should believe in God too. I believe, don't believe in God, you shouldn't believe. He doesn't go that far into it, but the whole meddling, the the sticking your nose, where, it, it, why are you doing that? So I, I really like that scene. And the way his character, his story progresses um, at following that speech is uh, some some really great stuff. So I guess that's all I have to say. Um, once again, I mentioned the cinematography. Um, after the robbery, we uh, have a lot of winter scenes, which I I love. Not just horror movies. I love anything that takes place in the winter. Uh, it's weird. There's a <laughs> for me loving so much that takes place in the winter. I really hate the sound of uh, boots on dry snow. Just It's like nails on a chalkboard for me, and there was a lot of that in this movie. And also the other sort of sound I hate is people eating. People eating loudly, and there was a lot of that in this. So a little assault on my ears with uh, the crunching of the snow and uh, the eating of the food. But uh, yeah, the cinematographer was just fantastic. And the director, he... Uh, I didn't like it as much as Cargo 200. Cargo 200's one I would say rush out to see. Um, with this one, I'd say it's an interesting film that uh, is well worth seeing. Um, especially, I think it's, you know, an artist's view of contemporary Russia. And uh, although it's a cynical one, and at cons, it went through a lot because of uh, conspiracy theories that, you know... It doesn't have a negative view of Germans. It doesn't have a negative view of Westerners. It's all anti-Russia, yet it has this foreign money. And the director said, well, it's because I couldn't get money from Russia that I had to go elsewhere. But yeah, conspiracy theories started coming, coming strong. So my make or break scene is the scene where he gets pulled over by the police and they sort of... Uh, the one flirts with the, not even flirts with the girl, uses his power against the girl as the other asks for his documents in the one shot. Um, it, your eyes are constantly darting back and forth. Um, it works really well, and it's a telling sign of, uh, it sort of revisits that at the end as well, without saying too much. Um, it sort of goes back to that scene and uh, plays almost in a different way much like the scene at the table at Cold Fish is played a different way. Um, 
and also with my joy, it's sort of uh, the the whole concept of uh, the title being my joy, which I guess in Russia it means uh, it's someone someone says to their someone who's beloved to them. So it, I thought uh, his arc, in my joy, makes a lot of sense. Uh, the most valuable thing, the cinematography. Um, the movie, the movie isn't pacey, but I don't think movies have to be. If uh, that's what the artist wants, if the story the artist wants to tell isn't pacey, that's his choice. It's not. I don't want a movie, you know, the way I want a hamburger. Oh, I like it done like this, so I don't care what you want to do. Do what I want to do. He obviously wanted to tell the story this way, and I and I respect it. And uh, so it's not very fast paced. It is confusing. You do lose yourself. I thought. Had I known that the bearded actor was a trucker, I wouldn't have lost myself as deeply. But it does take asides, and it does so. It's it's very interesting that way. So, uh, but yeah, the cinematography just made it. No matter how slow the movie went, um, it w it was just beautiful to look at. And even though it's showing these some dirty scenes inside dirty houses and stuff. It's just, I, I like the long takes and stuff. It's not something you want to watch when you're tired, but uh, it, it was good. My score for the film is a 7.25. Um, it's it's not one I would, uh, like, it wouldn't be the first one out of my mouth when I would recommend films from TIFF that I've seen. Like, oh, you got to see My Joy. But if if this at all sounded interesting to you, um, I would definitely say it's well worth seeing. It is a good film. Um, the controversy surrounding it, I don't know if that, you know, adds to needing to see it or not. It's not like a, it's not going to make entertainment tonight. It'll make film comment and that's the last, uh, the controversy will probably will ever be mentioned. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a solid film. So that's all from my TIFF coverage. Really enjoyed doing the one with, uh, the two films with I, 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 my favorite film of the festival, I guess I should mention, Cold Fish, I really like, but 13 Assassins, anyone who heard the uh, podcast for that, that, that movie blowed me, blowed me, um, Popeye or something, uh, blew me away. So until next time, uh, keep enjoying GGTMC and adios. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. You can call the gentleman at 206-666-5207. And you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com.